The Very Good Adventuring Team podcast contains crass, foul, vile, terrible, immature, and mature content. Jeff Cockthunder, a Goliath Barbarian, and if you dishonor myself or my friends, my hammer will yearn for your face. This is Furitan Furcantries. I am a Dwarven Druid, and I like to find myself some nice leaves to sleep on. This is Peter McMoist. I'm a dark elf bard, and I'm the best fucking town crier in Terror Guard. Previously on the Very Good Adventuring Team. The gang returned victorious from the exceptionally long Legend of Zelda dungeon. They ascended to character level 6. We spent some time recapping our previous adventures and how the players felt about the game so far. We then returned to adventuring by discussing which item on the job board to pursue next. We rejoin them now as that discussion continues. That's fucking dark. I didn't know you had a lapine skin. They're sentient. <laughs> yeah, we had a conversation about that even. Uh, I don't remember. Been a while. Has been a little while. It has. Yeah, because uh, I got the skin and then um, Peter got a lucky lapine foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not carrying sentient being parts. It, that um, That's right. Nick, did you ever add that into my inventory? A lucky lapine foot? Yeah. Did we give it any effects or anything like that? I don't remember it being... I don't think we did. No. I, I don't really care, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's there. It's there in your... Uh... All I know, if I meet the Lapine people, I don't really want to have the skin on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Yep, lucky Lapine foot. We yeah. were invited to their village. You sure you don't want to wear a Lapine cape in the <laughs> Lapine village? I was actually thinking about wearing it as a cape, and then <laughs> that exact thought came into my mind. The fucking Ed Gein of Lapine over here. <laughs> Check out this really warm coat I have. <laughs> wait, wait, no, it's only good when you flip the hood up. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's got the eye holes. The, the ears on it. <laughs> Everybody loves uh, rabbit ears. It's cute, oh, right? God. Oh, that'd be awful. It also just made me think, what if you went to the Wilder people and like, you're like, man, I did have kind of a debate about this with sentient species, and then you go into the um, like the guild hall for the wilder people, and you look up, and there's like a taxidermied person in there. <laughs> like, wilder people don't care. Anybody can get killed and hung up on the wall. 
<laughs> check out these new pants and they're like human skin and still got a wiener on them or something it's all mad max <laughs> yeah. oh wow <laughs> it's all like mad max where they thank me for killing the weak one that's <laughs> <laughs> like what if you had human skin pants and it just had buttholes for pockets the new borat movie when he sits in the chair and the guy's dick is still on the hair <laughs> skin oh i have not seen that I run that part for you. Well, that's all right. Um, so let's let's start off with some some Smurgen gambling. So I figured we had the the Smurgen quests. There's not really like an objective specifically to this one, but I wanted to do this as a quest because I wanted to I wanted to flesh out some of this a little bit, you know, because we t- we talked about the two henchmen, which were Alabaster and Creamy, mm-hmm. and we talked about. Uh, we talked about Bjorn the Smurgen, who is the proprietor, I guess would be the right word, of the House of Smurgens. Um, but we don't, we haven't really delved into any detail about Bjorn the Smurgen or about the House of Smurgens. So I thought maybe this would be a good opportunity to flesh some of that out a little bit. I would like to know where is this located on the map for the Smurgen Casino or the underground place? I'm not sure if it's shady or not. Oh, I think it's shady. Okay. You know, maybe not necessarily all out illegal, but like, I would definitely say frowned upon and, and probably illegal. I don't know what you guys think. Is our gambling dens illegal in this town? Yeah. What? I wouldn't think so. I think they are. We have to go like underground to prize fight and shit. Yeah, so but I mean, you know, like, fighting is a little bit different than gambling. I mean, or maybe it's legal, but like the the city takes a cut, so some like, they have like speakeasy gambling spots, so they don't have to pay the city their tax or whatever. Pay, pay your taxes. I feel like Lord oh. Hoff would be, you know, so pretty you think, cool with gambling. So do you think the city knows about this place, but they just don't shut it down? Yeah, it's easy to get by with that if you grease the skids. Oh, so I was thinking this building right next, maybe to the water hole and above the city guard, if they know about it already, but they don't want to be too far away. The blink mm-hmm. building? Yeah, the blink building there. Yeah. Because it's farther away from the hidey tidy of the pavilion by Tiny Town, and it's a little more shadier. Not by the... Yeah, maybe they pay off the rank and file of the uh, guard. Instead, you know, it's cheaper uh-huh. than paying the whole big tax. I think so. So people, if they wanted to come into town, they wouldn't have to go too far into town. Mm. Well, let me get my labeling technology out here. What is the building properly? Does it have a, a front? I would think so. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Uh, any Anybody think that? Because we have a lot of bars around here, so it should be something else. Mm. Peter Willow Futures Trading? well there is like a i don't know what you'd call that like a little courtyard or a i don't know an undeveloped space next to it uh so doing something like uh maybe maybe it's like um like a research farm that seems like a weird thing to have i was thinking uh like peter willow research Peter Willow Labs. Oh, like cross-pollinating for the best possible possible Peter... That's hard to say. Best possible (laughs) Peter Willow? (laughs) Best possible Peter Willow. Best possible Peter Willow. Yeah. We don't have to get too in-depth, but we'll call that Peter Willow Labs. 
And in the basement of Peter Willow Labs is where the uh, is where the House of Smurgans is, in an underground den. Like it's a secret passageway down. Mm-hmm. You gotta know the special knock. All right. So what is uh, what's what's the House of Smurgans like? Like when you go in there, does it feel classy? Does it feel shitty? Does it feel uh, does it feel like a place you'd want to be? Does it feel like a place you don't want to be? Quick refresh on the Schmergens limit. A quick refresh? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't really have much of anything. I don't know. We just I feel we just that know it. that we had Bjorn the Smurgen and Alabaster and uh, Creamy, the like the henchmen, and it's a gambling den. That's really all we've established. Okay. What were you gonna say, Sam? What do you uh, feel about it, Peter? I mean, you've been there before. Put you on the spot. <laughs> I, I actually don't know that I have. I mean, I know that I've done a lot of street gambling, but uh, like a, a regular kind of casino almost. Like, uh, that's maybe higher brow than I'm used to. Improv for us, Jerry. Improv. All right. So we're talking, well, the Smurgens guy, this was the guy that was off the street too, right? Uh, let's say, let's say Bjorn the Smurgen got his start on the street. Okay. And still has connections to that. You know, maybe through the Fox children and some of the other sort of less reputable folks about town. Um, but a handful of years ago, uh, he got he got really uh, what you might call a big promotion to, to work here or to, to run the House of Smirkins or to start the House of Smirkins. So a, a promotion or did he actually kind of build this from the ground up using like winnings and scraping his way up, you know, from off the street? Ah, that's a good question. I feel like, I feel like he didn't build it. Um, I feel like maybe there was a previous Smurgen, and then Bjorn the Smurgen became like the head Smurgen, and nobody knows exactly how that happened or why that happened. Only the Smurgens know. Okay, so how about this? Like maybe, maybe it wasn't always a place of gambling. You know, maybe he inherited some kind of business from a, a, a Smurgen relative. And, uh, you know, the only thing that he really knew was gambling. So he turned it into a casino. Okay, okay. And so, and because that he came, you know, he came up off the street. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's like ashamed, you know, of where he came from. You know, that's, that's where he made his living. I don't think he's looking to, you know... I don't think he looks back on that part of his life as uh, you know particularly bad. So I think he caters to everyone. He's like everybody should be able to come on in, gamble some money. The more the merrier. You know he's not like uh, catering to the rich crowd or anything like that. Mm, okay, it's a real salt of the earth kind of gambling hole. Mm-hmm. As long as you not can pay. too fancy. As long as you pay, exactly. Okay. Do you think? So, well, all right. So I think we should step back here, too, to what exactly is a Smurgen in this context? <laughs> because is, is the way you said it, you were talking about, like, inheritance and stuff like that. Is the Smurgens, like, a clan? Is it, like, a, a group of people, a family? Uh, or is Smurgen, like, is Smurgen something else? Maybe that's a, a whole other species. I don't know. Oh, well, I thought... I thought we were saying Bjorn Smurgen. 
I thought Smirkin was like his last name or something. Uh, when it originally got talked about, it was Bjorn the Smirkin. Ah, uh, the Smirkin. Hmm. So we can take that back. We can rearrange it, whatever we want to do. We've just been throwing Smirkins about like a Smirkin so far. Um, well, yeah, I mean, would... we could say um, it doesn't matter what his family name was. I mean, he can ha- inherit that from anybody. Um, so, yeah, Smirgans could be, I don't know. What, what's a, I guess you're gambling on the street and a Smirgan is, uh... What if they're werebears? <laughs> werebears? Sure. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, yeah, that's, that's like the, the colloquial term for werebears. That's what, that's how he fought his way to the top of this little organization by just bearing the shit out of people. And so... Like, he's like a different kind of werebear where he wears like a tuxedo. He's like a fancy werebear. <laughs> yes, like the fancy poo meme. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's totally the picture for him now. He chooses to be in werebear state most of the time. Mm-hmm. But like, as a fancy gentleman. Exactly. With a monocle and a cane. The lowly smirgans can't control themselves as well, so they're not as fancy. The more you can control yourself and be fancy... While in bear form, the higher up the Schmergen ladder you are. That's how the Schmergen clan of werebears works. Alternatively, just throwing this out here, like, it could also be, like, some street slang. Like, you know when you're playing, uh, like, Texas Hold'em, and you got the nuts, or something like that? <laughs> you know, you get, you're like, I got the Schmergens. <laughs> Go ahead and raise, I've got the Schmergens. You keep playing, boy, but I don't think you've got the Smirgans. I've got you by the Smirgans, boy. <laughs> maybe the maybe one of the other gambling activities in the House of Smirgans is Smirgan fighting. And it's the low-level Smirgans that can't control themselves when they're in Smirgan form. Oh, I would love to see Jeff <laughs> fight <they're> Smirgan. <laughs> it's just indecipherable for verbal roaring, except for the occasionally he can make out, like, indubitably. <laughs> 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 they're trying to control it (laughs) and that's that's why it became uh that's why it became the uh also a gambling term for having the best hand because that's like you know you're gaining control of your smirgan state i've really got the smirgans now do you remember uh zangief off of street fighter Mm mm-hmm it just reminds me of, like, if Jeff fought one of these things, it'd be, like, that guy versus Jeff. <laughs> I just want to see him wrestle a bear now. Nice. A werebear? A werebear. A man-bear pig? Nope, nothing for the South Park reference. No, I got All right. it. Oh, man-bear <laughs> pig. Cereal. Half man, half bear, half pig. All right. Uh, so we've got a location for the House of Smirgans. We've decided that it's a... It's a pretty regular place. It's a pretty, um, you know, casual, one might say accessible place. But yeah. The high class Smirgans wear the high class clothes, but no one else is required to. And so we're going to say there's. Do you have to have a, an entrance key or how do people know about the House of Smirgans? Like, it, uh, like it's a speakeasy or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the password? Smirgans? I think if they're bribing the city guard, the city guard might steer travelers there that they think are likely uh, hey. looking for a good time. Oh, wow. Oh, you know what you got to have? Uh, you've got to have uh, their house, uh, like a little card with their house uh, symbol on it. 
and I think that their house symbol is like a black outline of a bear paw with a white human hand in the middle of it. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, so you can only have a certain number of people that are in, in at one time. Per fire code? Per per fire code, and I would think just to make sure it uh, stays accessible and easy to control. Like these people are running an illegal gambling den, but they're super up on fire code. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you not block those exits over there. Yep, they're well lit. Some some gambler comes in and is like, come on, I want to gamble on the Smurgan fights. And the bouncer just points up at the sign and it says capacity 42. Oh, you know, the Smurgans don't let anyone in if it's over capacity. <laughs> we live by capacity. And then he roars and mauls him. <laughs> Get your Smurgans under control, bouncer guard. <laughs> Sorry, I really lost my Smurgans back there. All right, gentlemen, I think I think that's a pretty good amount of detail for the, the House of Smurgans and the mysterious Peter Willow Labs upstairs. Uh, who's, uh... Peter, you're going to go to the House of Smurgans. Are you... Do, do, are, you bringing, uh, are you bringing Jeff with you? Yeah, well, if he wants to come. Yeah. Now, is this my first time at the House of Smurgans? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I know you've had debt with uh, Bjorn the Smurgen before. I want to say that when we talked about this, when you met up with Alabaster and Creamy, I think we said you're welcome back in the House of Smurgen. Uh, but I don't know that we need to necessarily make that canon. I think we just need to mention that we said that and then take it back if we want to. So what do you think? Well, has this place been a- around a while or is it just open or... I think it's been around for probably a couple of years at least. Like, well enough that it's it's starting to develop a reputation. Okay. I mean, if it's been around a while, I feel like I've definitely been here several times in the past. Like, okay. with my pen shot for gambling, like, I feel like I've, I would have done everything I could to make my way over here at some point. It's where everybody wants to get to to gamble. And you had lost your privilege for a while, so you're like... You're excited. Yeah. You're excited to get back here. Yeah, my debt's all paid up, so... Uh, or, wait, I know you had some discussion on that, like you made that too easy, but um, is my debt paid up, or what did you want to do? Yeah, your debt is... Your debt's currently paid off. Okay. Super. So does Peter have, like, an all-access card that he can come back with, or how does that work? Who Who's allowed in? The regulars kind of thing? Oh, I think anybody I think anybody with a card is allowed in. Okay, so we just have Okay, so we have the card. You don't have to hand it to them. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah, let's let's retcon that in to say like back in the day, uh when you paid off your debt with Alabaster and Creamy, they're like, "You're welcome back in the House of Smurgans," and they slid your membership card across to you. I feel like the membership cards have got to be something cool too, like they're magically tied to you or something, and so they can like you know, if your membership is revoked, they can, like, remotely tear it up or destroy it somehow. Well, gentlemen, with uh, some details said about the Smurgans that I just would never have expected, uh, Smurgans being werebears, I do think, by the way, we should specify that Smurgans are werebears that prefer to be in bear form. So, you know, so it's not, it's, it's got to differentiate it from regular werebears. They prefer to be bears? 
Yeah. That's why Bjorn the Smurgen is in bear form, like, all the time. Oh, okay. Well, it takes some getting used to. Is that normal? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I feel like they wouldn't let him in the town. Like, I wouldn't let somebody in the town. Oh, you're going to be a bear all the time? Mm, that's a deal That's a deal breaker. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the thing there. We don't take your kind. <laughs> they prefer to be bears in underneath the house of Smurgens. That's where bears are allowed and roam free. Okay. They're free to be the, their... Their bear selves. Their bear selves, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to transform back if you're going to get toilet paper from the grocery store or whatever, <laughs> but... The rest of the time, you get you gotta. That's why you hang out in this underground house of Smurgens. You're like, you know what I love? Being a bear and gambling, and I'm just gonna bear it up and gamble. I came here for two things. <laughs> <laughs> and baby, I'm already a bear. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so the two of yous, yous guys, you're on the way to uh, to to Bear Town. You're heading down to Bear Town. You get. Uh, up to the door of the House of Smurgens, the secret back door on the back of the Peter Willow Labs building. Peter, you pull out your fancy bear paw human hand card and flash it at the end. Uh, you know, the, the what do you call it? The bouncer. And uh, the bouncer takes a look at the two of you, takes a look up at the uh, capacity for the fire code sign, gives you a little nod, and he opens the door. And you enter... The House of Smurgens. It is an unpretentious place. Not uh, overly fettered and uh, decorated. Nice felt on some of the gambling tables, but not so classy that you don't feel like you could put a drink down. Some artwork on the walls, probably from, you know, local artists, not like world-renowned. And uh, and there you are. You've, you've, I'm assuming, brought some gold with you. There's plenty of knuckle bones tables. Would you like to do a little gambling? Yes. Okay. Uh, Peter, you are going to gamble, and uh, Jeff, are you also going to play Knuckle Bones? Yep. Like, as Jeff, are you going to play? Yes. All right, then. Um, so, Sam, since uh, since Fjorten isn't here, what local uh, denizen of the House of Smurgens are you going to play? What's up? What, who are you going to play in the House of Smurgens? You know, because oh. I can't just, you know, have you just sitting around doing nothing. you gotta, you got to pretend to be one of the other gamblers. I need four dice rollers. All right. It's going to be uh, a local around town. His name will be uh, Ursus O'Reilly. And uh, he'll be playing Knuckle Bones as well. Ursus O'Reilly. That's got a real bear-like feel with that Ursus. That's right. Part. Is Ursus a, a, a Smurgen? Ursus is a smirkin, and while he's not wearing a tuxedo, he doesn't necessarily seem like he's full bear. So, is so wait is is uh is Ursus isn't in full bear form? Well, I mean, is he, Ursus no, no. only ever look? He's he's in full bear form, but he's not like rowdy or like um any uh what can I say? Let's He's not in tuxedo, but he's not, like, raging on people. That's what I'm saying. He's more of a, a laid-back gotcha. jeans-wearing. Maybe he just came down from working in the Peter Willow Farms. Do, does maybe uh, does maybe Ursus have, like, a giant set of bear denim overalls? I think that's exactly what he has. Nice. And maybe a Peter Willow stock hanging out of his mouth. Nice. 
All right, big friendly Ursus is there, and then uh, who am I gonna play? Hmm. I'm gonna play Gibbons McFarlane. <laughs> Gibbons. <laughs> Gibbons McFarlane is a. Uh, uh, I think Gibbons McFarlane is an out of town. Let's say maybe a traveling salesman, okay. salesperson. What does Gibbons McFarland sell? I think Gibbons McFarland sells corncob pipes. Ooh, special smokums, if you will, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gibbons is uh, just a uh, middle-aged human male. Pretty, pretty basic character. All right. Um. Oh, and then I got a roll. Uh, Sam, why don't you go ahead and roll me a 1d6. All right. That would be a four, Fjold. All right. Ursus. So Ursus has got a plus six on their uh, on their uh, knuckle bones rolls. Right. And poor Gibbons has only got a plus one. I don't think it's going to go very well for them. What kind of accent are we going to do for Ursus? Almost a southern boy kind of axis. Oh, I like where you're going with that. Uh, so, Peter, you're you're strolling in, and you see that there's a there's a couple different areas here. You've got the 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 three different chunks of knuckle bones tables, and on your left you see the one gold ante. In the middle, you see the ten gold ante, and on the right you see the hundred gold ante. What sort of knuckle bones do you want to play? You know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not that rich to play the hundred gold. I've only got about five hundred gold to my name right now, so I'm not gonna go for the one gold or the hundred gold, but I'll go for the ten gold. All right, Goldilocks settles on in to the ten gold ante table. Some stools open up. You look to your left and you see. A pretty common-looking human middle-aged male. To your other side, you see bib overalls wearing gigantic bear person. And uh, a new game is just about to start for the two of you guys. Uh, let's have all four of us roll a d20 to see who starts this very first round of Knuckle Bones. So I'm stating that Ursus would have possibly... How many games are we playing here? Because uh, he would possibly maybe have a hundred gold on him or so. Oh, don't worry about gold for the NPCs. They'll just they'll have enough gold to keep on playing. You got it. Unless at some point you want to be like, ah, I'm out of money. Fuck you guys and <laughs> get out of the game. I guess. But all right. And now is a one d twenty. Yep. Give me a d twenty roll. Uh, so let's see here. Gibbons got a twelve. Uh, you guys got your names all fucked up in the chat here. I can't tell who's who. <laughs> What'd you guys get? I got a three. I got a nine. I also got a nine. All right. So it looks like Gibbons is going to make the very first roll here. Gibbons is going to roll a 1d20 plus one. On the very, very first roll of this game, they got to beat a 10. And they get an 18. Um, so then let's go. Oh, nice. Changed your name back. Um, oh, you know what? Let's actually do this. I realized I can do a turn order. Clear that out. Uh, so we've got 
Rick Moist, GF, Gibbons. And I just changed it back though. Ursus O'Reilly. Nice. Uh, let's see here. You got a three. There we go. Oh, wait. Jeff got the lowest roll. All right. So on the very first roll to beat a 10, Gibbons got an 18. We're going to move down to McMoist for the second one. You got to beat an 11 to stay in this round. All right. Eight. An eight. You are bounced from the very first round here. Wait, hold on. Wait, don't I get to add some fucking modifiers and shit? Oh, you get to add your dexterity. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven is right on. If it meets it, it beats it. You are still in. Ursus, you get to add a 1d20 plus four to try and beat a 12. Four? I think so is four. I think said six earlier for some reason. I was wondering where you got the extra two. So it's four? Yeah, the one D6 and you roll the four. Thank you. So gotcha. you'll, uh... All right. It's good to meet you all at the table here. Let's give it a good roll. Oh, look at that. 25. 23. Sorry, 23. Nice. Uh, so, and by the way, if you guys did not remember, this game of knuckle bones is like jacks, where you're bouncing a little ball and trying to pick up bones. And the increasing DC for each of these rolls represents the fact that you're trying to pick up more bones with each bounce. And we move down to Mr. Cockthunder. Uh, you've now got a beat, a 13. So roll me a 1d20 plus your dexterity. <laughs> All right, so I rolled a 19 plus one for 20. That is enough to stay in the round. Uh, you know what? Let's do... How oh, the fuck would I do this? Dude. I like to think that like the uh, the uh, guy behind the table is like showing the jacks in his palms and doing like the up the sleeve thing so nothing's on the sleeve and then rolling them out kind of thing. Nice. That would actually be pretty slick. So that was Jeff's roll. Jeff is still in. Gibbons has to now beat a 14. Oh, Gibbons got an eight. So Gibbons is out. They are no longer playing in this this here round. Bye. McMoist, you need to now beat that 14. It doesn't go up unless somebody wins. Mm, 12. Ooh, McMoist, destroyed. Ursus, a 14 from you. Looks like someone's a hand short from catfishing over there. Let's give this a roll. 14 on the nose. 14 on the nose. Jeff, you need to beat a 15 to stay in this round. <laughs> 15. A 15 it is. That's enough to stay. Ursus, it's back to you. You need to roll a 16. Yee, let's see what we got going on. Oh, that's going to be a 19 on the, the roll this time. The jack pickup. Nice. Also, by the way, did you know you can do... Uh, where's the thing? You can do it plus something else. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it right in your roll, and then you can hit the up arrow to call that back in the chat. Oh, would you look Jeff, at that? What did you say? Oh, sorry. What was that saying? That was a. Oh, I said. Oh, cool. That was a nineteen. All right. Um. Fuck. What did I just say? The number was. It was sixteen uh, in the last round. All right. Jeff, you need to be to seventeen. Ooh, twelve. 
We're not good enough. Ursus, you need to... Uh, wait, how did this work again for these rules? Because, Josh, you brought up that, that rule about you have to you have to make the last roll to win it. Otherwise, it starts over again. One tie, all tie. All right, so... Ursus, I'm going to need one last roll with a 17 for you to take this pot. Well, looks like I just can't get the jacks this time. 14. Oh, the pot starts over. Jeff and... Uh, Jeff. Damn it, man, my brain. Jeff and Peter, you guys are going to need to ante on another... 10 gold apiece, our pot has now moved up to 80. 80 gold. Hello there, VGAD fans. How is this day treating you? Here in the U.S., we're rolling into the end of 2020, and that means a few extra days of vacation time for most of us, and, well, the general celebration of ending this shitstorm of a year. It really was one for the books, friends. And as much as I know the arbitrary numbers a bunch of cave dwellers assigned to random parts of our little world spinning around a star don't really mean anything, there is a comfort in ritual and symbolism. So, as we symbolically close out a pretty poopy year, let's look forward to the new one with all kinds of hope and joy. To start that out, I have two promises I've finally kept for all of you. The first is the artwork created for us by Hodeg RPG. I'm not kidding, that's what the dude goes by. It wasn't just something I made up for this dungeon. A while back, I was converting the level 1 dungeon from the original Legend of Zelda game into a playable adventure for these hooligans. Around the same time, I was attempting to get another artist on the hook for all of you. The name inspired a little modification to the dungeon, and we ended up with the Hodag as the final boss. And to cap it all off, our new friend Hodag RPG drew us a very special scene with the heroes fighting this dreaded legendary monster that, well, really, most people outside of northern Wisconsin have never even heard of. They drew it in sweet, sweet old-school RPG style. I'd love for all of you to head on down to the vgat.com, T-H-E-V-G-A-T.com, and uh, check out the artwork page. You'll find that magnificent scene there with all of our other artwork on display. You can also see it on Facebook or Twitter, and, uh, you know, from there you can share it with your friends. Let everybody know how awesome vgat is. The second piece of news is that the damn stickers were finally ordered. They should be here by the start of the new year. If you'd like to get some VGAT stickers for yourself, send us a message on any of our various forms of communication, and we'd be glad to send some out to you. Our lovely patrons get first dibs, of course, but we should have enough for anyone who'd like one. The only thing we'll need is an address to send them to. Thanks to all of you for being patient while we got that sorted out. And, man, that's as much fun and excitement as I can handle for one mid-roll. Let's get all of you back into the action. We're going to 
going to start over again with Gibbons here. Actually, you know what? Let's roll down the list. We'll have uh, McMoist start this time. Okay. Also, guys, got a beat of ten. I found a neat trick. You can just add a plus two or three or whatever to your roll, and it'll put it in there for you. And I rolled an eleven. An eleven is a good enough to stay roll. I need an eleven now from Ursus. Woo! Right on the money. That's uh, eleven myself. Right on, Jeff. You need a twelve to stay in. How do you do the command in that? I just roll it. Uh, type backslash roll 1d20 plus whatever your dex is. 21. Oh, wait, no, 18. I don't know what the fuck I did there to get two d20s. Uh, your slash roll probably says 2d20. Yeah. We'll go with the first one, so four. Oh, no, just roll it again, because that's weird. That is weird. Uh, six. Regrettably, a six bounces you out. Uh, what are we... Are we still at 12? Was that 12? Or 13? That was 11 that round going through. Oh, it goes up per player. Oh, gotcha. My bad. So if it was 11 for you, then yeah, it would have been 12 for Jeff. Should start to actually keep track of this. Well, so now Gibbons has to do the 12. I apologize then, because it was 11 for McMoist, right? Uh, no, he started the round and he was at 10. He was at 10. Okay, thank you. Sorry. No worries. Oh, shit. Gibbons. Gibbons gets knocked out of this round. Uh, do. Gibbons, McMoist, Ursus, and Jeff. Sorry, I'm just like tracking all of this with pen and paper right now. This is harder than I thought. McMoist, I need a 12 from you on this roll. How about a 4? Does that work? How about a four is a fuck you that doesn't work? I literally rolled a one. Ugh. You're f- fucking out of there. Ursus, it is back to you again as the last person standing. You need to beat a mere 12 to claim 80 gold. Well, Fizz, look like... Seven times, or eight times your original wager. It's like my lucky day here today. I'll choke you, bear. Oh, 23. <laughs> Let's speak with your money and not with your fists. <laughs> Watch yourself, bear. Watch yourself. Alright, well, Ursus claims the first pot of this round of knuckle bones. Would you gentlemen like to play another round? You're both down 20 gold already. Letter buck. Yeah, I'm in. Fucking sweet. You ante in another 10 gold this time. Let's start with Ursus as the first roll. You've got to beat a 10. He's feeling pretty confident. Well, good luck to you, big man over there. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and oh, got a nine. <laughs> Look at the stupid bear. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Aww. Well, Jeff, now's your chance for that retribution. You gotta beat a ten. Twelve. Twelve, you are still in the game. Gibbons. Gibbons is gonna make their roll. Oh, that's a five. Sucks for Gibbons. They're out of this round. McMoist, you need to beat an eleven. How about a five? How about a five? A five's gonna sure suck. Oh man, I suck as bad as Gibbons. <laughs> Gibbons is like, oh what? <laughs> 
Uh, Jeff, you are going to need to beat a mere 11 to claim this 40 gold. Tw uh, 11. 11 is enough to do it. Sorry, I should have said you need to meet or beat an 11. So add 40 gold to your inventory. Oh, Huzzah. How now, bear? No. Yeah, oh, man. Can't talk a whole lot now, can I? 40 gold, you said? 40 gold, yep. So you should be up 20 from where you started. All right, gentlemen. That is the conclusion of the second game. Are we starting a third? Yeah, I'm in for a third. Oh, man. Fucking A. Jeff, we'll start with you this time. Go ahead and try to beat a 10. 18. 18 certainly beats it. Gibbons is going to take their role trying to beat an 11. That is a 15. Gibbons is like, whew, all right. McMoist, I need a 12 or better from you. Uh, I got a 10. Man, I see how you racked up that gambling debt in the first place. McMoist is bounced from this round. Ursus, you have to beat a 12. Or sorry, 12 or above. You can kind of tell that the, the Peter Willow that was in his mouth has gotten a little bit shorter than when he started. Not really, not really happy about this. Oh, four. Oh, it's a pity, oh. Bear. It's a pity. Control yourself, Smurgen. Jeff, it is over to you. A 12 is still the number to meet or beat. Four. Ooh. Ouch. Gibbon's like, oh, oh, now it's my turn. Contain yourself, nerd. Oh, no. <laughs> Rolling a mere six, Gibbons fumbles the fumbles the knuckle bones and does not deliver. We start this round over. An additional uh, ante from each of you is required. The pot is now 80 gold. Bear, bear, did you see the nerd choke? Bah, that was pretty I hilarious. Think the, <laughs> I think the bear should eat the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's the inevitable end of this conflict. <laughs> just casually leans over and gets his whole head in his mouth. You can tell the bear's just looking over, trying to lick his licking his chops there. Mm, nerd. Gibbons looks over at the bear licking his chops and it's like, "Jokes on you! I'm into bears." <laughs> he just like glances away. Oh god, damn it! What's the matter? You don't want to climb this tree for a little honey? Let's play the game! <laughs> Stop making it weird, Gibbon. <laughs> Gibbons is a furry. <laughs> or is it just kind of grabs a straw hat and puts it over his eyes where Gibbons is? Alright, Jeff, we're starting back over. Ten or above to beat it. Nine. Ooh! Out right away. What a bunch of crap. God damn. I did. Gibbons. Working on that 10. Oh, a 13. He goes, ho ho. Looks like things are coming my way. <laughs> if you know what I mean. No. Lower those eyebrows. <laughs> McMoist, I'm going to need an 11 from you. All right. How about a n <laughs> fucking nine? <laughs> uh, McMoist bounced from this round. Ursus, 
Still at an 11. Mm. Well, big man, as we say on the field, why don't we look a little smarter, not a little harder? Come on, catch up with me here. And he got her. Spoke <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one. Spoke too soon. Hold on. A five total. Oh, man. Jeff's already out. It's back to Gibbons to try and claim this pot with only an 11. Gibbons gets all excited and ready and he goes, Oh, it's really coming my way. Oh, oh yes. And he succeeds with a 12. Gibbons takes the 80 gold from this pot. This is horse shit. I'm a, I want to go up a table. I want to go to that big empty table. My luck's just not turning out here. Oof, <laughs> I'll follow my friend, but I don't know if I'm going to play that table. That's, a, that's an expensive table to play. Well, gentlemen, here you are approaching the 100 gold table, and I feel like it's only appropriate that we reinvent some new characters. Since Jeff's not going to play, Jeff, you get to start. You're going to be on the spot for that improv right away. Tell me, who are you going to be gambling as at the high stakes 100 gold knuckle bones table? Levon McGillicuddy. Tell me one thing about Levon McGillicuddy. Uh, he doesn't take any guff. Okay. He'll cut a motherfucker. No guff from McGillicuddy. Uh, I, this time, am going to be... Who am I going to be? Uh, oh, man. Torn. Torn. What do I want to be? I'm going to be Ebenezer Poots. Poots? <laughs> like Im- Poots. Imogen Poots? Yeah. Yeah. Ebenezer Poots has a monocle. Sam, who's normally Fjorten, you're going to be somebody else. Who do you want to be this time at the high stakes table? He's a man of unknown stature, but you can definitely tell he gets a little pay- uh, more attention paid to him. His name is just Kodiak. Well, tell me one thing about Kodiak. Even though it's uh, he's kind of like a, a bigger bear, he still wears a puffy jacket. He's a puffy jacket kind of guy. Puffy jacket bear. Puffy jacket smirking. Right on. So... Uh, I'm gonna get a d20 roll out of each of you, up to and including myself, to determine our our turn order. Of course. I roll a 20 on the roll. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, McMoist rolls a 20. You're gonna go first. I got a... I got a 12. Nope, oh, actually, technically I got an 11 there. I'm not sure why that did that. Uh, but I got an 11, so I'm going to go second as Ebenezer. Uh, let's see there. Looks like a 10 from Kodiak and a 9. Wait, what happened there? Where am I missing one roll? Why am I missing a roll from you, Jeff? I'm sorry, Levon. Oh, there it is, an 8. All right, Peter McMoist, followed by Ebenezer Poots, followed by Kodiak, followed by Levon McGillicuddy. Let us begin our very first round. Oh, wait, and I'm sorry. I nearly forgot a a critical detail. I'm going to need a D6 roll from Levon and from Kodiak to determine their modifier. I got me a five. If you look below. I got a six. Look below the McMoist. I also got a six. Dude. 
McMoist, you're going to have a run for your money here. You got a plus five, a plus six, and a plus six as your contenders. This is what happens when you go to the high roller table. Let's see how this all works out. McMoist, you need to make the first roll at a 10. And are we at the 100 mark right now? Is that oh, where we're at? Yep. Oh. So there's currently 100 gold from each of you in the pot, meaning we're at 400. 22. Oh, there's your roll. Okay. 22 is a moist successful. Ebenezer is going to roll. Uh, that right there is a 13 to beat the 11. Ebenezer remains in Kodiak. Need to beat a 12. Or meet or beat a 12. Kodiak just sits in silence as he stares at his 9. Kodiak silently out. First round. Levon. Let me get a 12 or more. 12. Look at that. We move over to McMoist. Tell me, can you get a 13 or higher? I cannot. I rolled a 5. Oh, McMoist is out. Ebenezer. Ebenezer rolls a 17, beating that 13. Levon, we need a 15. Or sorry, did I just say 13? Yeah, a, a 14 or above from you. 15. Ironically, that is the number that Ebenezer must get. Tensions are getting high at the table. Oh, crap, and that's a nine. Levon, you're going to need to roll a 15 or higher to claim 400 gold. 13. Ooh, does not do it. The pot resets. Anybody that wishes to continue to play must contribute an additional 100 gold. Oh, no. That really hurts. All right, I'm in. 200 gold down. McMoist is taking a big chance. McMoist, you are going to get the first roll. You need to roll a 10 or above. <sighs> roll a 6. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, McMoist is out in the first roll. Ebenezer. Ebenezer rolls a 17 and is good. I'm going to need a 11 or above from Kodiak. Alright, Kodiak rounds up, just grabs his dice. That'll be a 22 from Kodiak. It's enough to stay in. Levon, give me a 12 or above. 17. 17. Easily does it. Ebenezer needs to make a 13 and rolls a 21. Uh, Kodiak, let me see a 14 or above. Kodiak gives a roll. Oh, he's looking at another 22. Nice. Levon, 15 or above. 22. It just gets more and more exciting. The action is getting hot, 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 and intense. Old Man Ebenezer. Oh, Old Man Ebenezer is down, is not able to hit a 16. Kodiak, can you do it? Kodiak rolls. He gets a 25, and you see a smirk just comes off of his face looking at Levon. Levon stares right into his eyes, not even looking at the dice, and rolls a 16. A 16 is not enough to match the 17 you needed to continue. Kodiak, you're going to need a 17 to take home 800 gold. Oh, Kodiak rolls in his smirk, becomes a frown with a 7. Oh, crushing, crushing defeat. But it does mean that McMoist can contribute another 100 gold to have a shot at winning 1,200 gold. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear Kodiak just look over 
Welcome, new governor. Good job. Let's keep going. <gasps> Are you sure you belong here? <laughs> yeah. I'm down to... I only have 146 gold left. So if this goes more than one more round, I am screwed. So would you say, what's a... What's your posture like at the table? Are you looking worried or? Uh, oh, I'm super worried. His, yeah. You're ha- you're not handling yourself well. I'm pretty. Uh, you can tell I'm kind of. I'm sweating and I'm nervous and not taking it super well. I uh, I, I don't have the kind of money that uh, these guys have to throw around, and this is really hurting me. Ebenezer doesn't even say anything. He just adjusts his diaper and gets ready for the next round. <laughs> his diaper. Kodiak just left. Ah, 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 way to go, Petra Fortune. <laughs> All right, McMoist. We begin the third round. 1,200 gold is on the line at this table right here, right now. You need to beat a 10. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now, this is when my luck starts to turn around. Here we go. Oh my god, I rolled a six. What oh. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Jesus. Man, you went to the high stakes table and you just shit the bed. <laughs> harder. I shit it harder than the table that I came from. <laughs> yeah, you at least made it through one round on some of those. Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, well, you could have an opportunity to win it back. Let's see what happens. Ebenezer is going to make their roll. Oh, Ebenezer, same thing. That gives you a knowing smile as he bounces out in that first round, too. It's going to be Kodiak, 10 or above. <laughs> oh, poor luck, my friend. And he gets an 18. Excellent. Levon, 11 or above. 16. Kodiak, 12 or above. Yeah, we meet here again. He got a 13. Just barely skims by picking up that bone. We need a 14 or above from... Oh, look at that. 23. Mm. 15 or above from Kodiak. The action's getting intense. See more of a straight face on his... On his bare brow. Also, a 23. Alright, 16 or above from Levon. 8. Sixteen or above, Kodiak, to take twelve hundred gold. And he just kind of leaves an impression. Ah, when you work with the people like I do, you can't roll with such class. (laughs) And then he rolls a nine. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Oh, man. Everybody get out your fucking wallets because round four is about to begin with sixteen hundred gold on the line. I can only assume McMoist is hanging out. This is like, this is wiping me out. Alright, I'm in. I have 46 gold left after this. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Walk away now? <laughs> I'm too, too far in. I'm committed. Should have stayed home, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Ebenezer seeing a big juicy pot out there undoes and then just tightens and redoes the pins on his diaper and gets ready for another round of action. <laughs> Alright. McMoist, you are still in the pole position. Give me that first roll and don't shit the bed. 22. 22. Nice. Nice. You stayed in this time. We need an 11 or above from Ebenezer. That's a 13. Still in. 12 or above from Kodiak. That'd be a 21. 
Excellent. 13 or above from Levon. Eight. Ooh, Levon, out of this round. That 13 or above is still your number, McMoist. 15. Very nice. 14 or above from Ebenezer. Ooh, 14 just skims the line. 15 or above from Kodiak. Kodiak looks McMoist right in the face and he rolls a 22. 16 or above, McMoist. Uh, four. I rolled a four. Oh, there goes McMoist. Ebenezer with an 18 is able to beat that 16. 17 or above from Kodiak. Kodiak gives a roll. 11. But he still laughs. He still laughs at the table. <laughs> All right. My night. So rich he doesn't give a shit. Uh. <laughs> Ebenezer needs to roll that uh, 17 to be able to keep this money. And he rolls a fucking oh, 25! Oh my gosh! <laughs> what? Oh, man. Uh. Can I have my NPC cut your NPC's throat? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to? Yeah, kinda. Just see, let's see what happens. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> well, while that's going on, a little scuffle, I actually wanted to do my NPC as well. To hand uh, McMoist a little donkey barley and say, Listen, my employer always looks for somebody new to, you know, risk it all. Come talk to me when you get a chance. And he hands me donkey barley? Yeah. <laughs> and then he just walks off. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. Th- thank, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, all right. So in, in the flash of an eye, there's an employment offer going on on one end of the table and Lavon McGillicuddy, infuriated by this loss, is going to take a swipe at old man Ebenezer's, uh, uh at, at old man Ebenezer's throat. <laughs> let's, uh, let's just say that that, uh, Ugh, I, I don't even know what to roll for this. Why don't you give me a d20 and then uh, <laughs> add, add, well, six. I mean, I guess we have to say six is your dexterity modifier. Thirteen. Whew. Um, an old man in a diaper probably doesn't have a very high AC. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, 12 was the number I had in my head. Oh, gosh. Uh, Levon McGillicuddy reaches out and uh, manages to bury a knife in the throat of Levon McGillicuddy and fucking chaos, absolute chaos, breaks out here in the basement of this uh, this terrible organization, this house of Smurdens. Hey, is there like a bunch of gold? Campaign 2, episode 53, Smurgens Explored, was released on November 20th, 2020. 
You guys, it gets so much stupider next week on... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team! She hides the good stuff from me, so all we have is... I mean, you know, it's 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 good toilet paper. <laughs>